Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. What is up, everybody? It's the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7 with me, Kip Adams of Dogs 24-7. Rusty is having some technical difficulties. We had him, then we didn't. We may have him later. Don't 100% know. But this is the picks episode, and sorry we didn't come to you later. We were busy. Uh, we had a lot going on yesterday. It was a uh, kind of a, a jam-packed, behind-the-scenes type of day. Um, listen, we're not going to talk about the Adam Anderson news other than to say uh, Georgia's going to turn to a by-committee approach, more than likely, to replace him on Saturday. Uh, they'll, uh, you know, Robert Beal will step up. Uh, MJ Sherman will probably step in and uh, and have a bigger role. Quay Walker may take on some of those duties. Uh, maybe some of the other inside linebackers, and uh, that's how Georgia will absorb it. But Georgia will be without Adam Anderson uh, at, for the at the very least this week, and uh, we'll see how that goes starting. Um, next week, but he has not practiced this week and it has nothing to do with injury. And if you've been paying attention to uh, UGA news over the past 24 hours, you know why. Um, We also reported this morning, Jamari Sawyer, uh, he has a foot injury. Okay. Uh, This is not a broken bone. It's not turf toe. It does not require surgery, but he is going to miss at least a couple weeks. Um, They're going to treat that thing. How he responds to treatment, I think, will depend a lot around around when he's going to be able to return. So that's there as well. And Kip, let's go ahead and jump into this one. Uh, Broderick Jones steps up at left tackle. Big opportunity for him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've seen him play in spurts here, and, you know, he's looked pretty solid. Obviously, I mean, there's going to be some growing pains, but this is a guy that we've kind of speculated whenever, you know, we saw Tate Ratledge go down. We thought that, you know, there was always a chance that Jamari Sawyer was going to slide inside, and this was, you know, they were going to see if Broderick Jones can can roll with it. And, you know, they, they stuck with Sawyer at left tackle, and that's kind of been the unit. But we've seen him play out there and play pretty well, you know, especially for, for being a younger player. We know the talent's there, and we know that, you know, this was the the lineup that, I mean, obviously with, with Sawyer in there, but this is the lineup we we thought might end up being the starting unit by the end of the, the season. We thought that Broderick Jones might be that guy that kind of works his way into the starting left tackle job. And I'm not going to say this is like a, a blessing in disguise or, so, you know, overall a positive. You want Sawyer out there. Your offensive line is, is a lot better with him on the field. Yeah. But, I mean – we've seen other injuries allow younger players to get valuable experience. And you're looking at this stretch of games here, you know, this is an opportunity for Broderick Jones to, to get some much needed experience. And I mean, there's a good chance they might need him in Atlanta. And, you know, if, if they if they make it in the college football playoff as well. So, I mean, it's an opportunity for a talented player to step in a guy that we know that fans have obviously, I mean, they're always asking, when when is Broderick Jones, you know, when is Amarius Mims, when are these five-star guys going to 
you know, earned starting positions. He didn't earn it, but he still has a chance to prove he can be a starter long term. And, you know, maybe if he steps up and, and you know, has an outstanding games, couple of games, they decide that the best five includes him on the field. This is an audition for him. You know, if you if, if you can be one of the five best guys over the next couple of weeks, then you might make this decision a little bit harder for them, for the coaching staff, whenever Jamari Sawyer is able to come back. And, you know, obviously looking at the interior guys, you know, Justin Schaefer and, and uh, you know, the, the level of play that, that he's out had out there when he's on, he's on, you know, penalties here and there. I mean, he's kind of been that guy that he has the experience, but can that level of play, can he sustain that consistently? And so, I mean, again, the best five guys out there are, are definitely going to play. And, and so I think that this is it. The time is now for, for Broderick to, to showcase if he can be that guy and, and maybe uh, earn a long-term starting position. He's, he's definitely the guy that most people see as the left tackle of the future. And I mean, the future's now. Let's see, see what he can do. And I think given the opponent right now, I think it's a, an opportunity for him to maybe have a pretty good game out there. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I think is going to help Broderick in this game, uh, if you if you scroll back to the uh, to the Auburn game, Jamari Sawyer goes down, I believe, on the first series of the second half. Or I'm sorry, he went down in the first half, I believe. I believe he went down late in the first half uh, with a, with an ankle injury. Uh, uh, Broderick Jones steps in and plays a lot of snaps in a very hostile environment on the road. Uh, so even if you fast forward to next week, Georgia's favored by 39 points this week, okay? Um, so uh, Georgia should have this one in hand, no matter who plays left tackle. But if you, you know, kind of move forward to next week in Tennessee, obviously the biggest challenge left on Georgia's schedule, that's going to be a hostile environment. Those folks are going to be fired up, 330 SEC game of the week, all that jazz, right? Well, Broderick Jones has been in a big-time intimidating environment. Um, that Auburn uh, game – the, the Tigers were revved up, you know, kind of good, late in that first half and, and and for a large portion of the second half, tried to get back into that game briefly before Georgia really put it away. I thought he played well in that game, and I think that experience will serve him well. And the experience he's going to get right now is going to serve him well down the line. And I think this is probably, you know, it's tough sometimes to get a guy like Broderick a – that next step in his development, because you're, if he's not one of the best five, you're not going to play him just for the sake of his development in these crunch time minutes. Well, sometimes, and Kirby Smart has said this before, and we saw it last year with Chris Smith and Richard LeCount. Sometimes injuries help you develop depth. Injuries smooth out transitions uh, from year to year. And, and Broderick has a golden opportunity to make that happen at that left tackle position you know, Jamari Sawyer's probably not coming back at the end of this year. He can because of the COVID year. But even if he does come back, you may be looking at a situation, let's say he does come back. Well, you know, then you feel a lot better about Broderick Jones at left tackle if he performs pretty well in these next two, three, four games. Uh, because I, right now, based on what I'm hearing, I expect Jamari Sawyer to be back before the SEC championship game. Um, but – if Broderick Jones takes these next two or three games, gets himself some real valuable experience, uh, is able to get some tape out there to, to teach off of and, and, and things of that nature, he has a chance to, you know, let's say Jamari Sawyer does come back next year, Broderick Jones left tackle, Jamari Sawyer left guard. And then, you know, Georgia really kind of 
brings back a lot of firepower on an offensive line um, that that is getting better as the season goes on. And, and something we reported yesterday, he's not the only guy that's in a reserve role that has been stepping up of late. The Bulldogs have really grown on the offensive line in terms of depth since the season started. Uh, you know, you can name a few names. Jared Wilson, Austin Blasky, Xavier Trust now playing a lot of guard, Chad Lindbergh, uh, Marius Mims. Um, it always got to be recruiting, though, because Georgia replaces a five-star with a five-star. And even if you look at the Adam Anderson situation, uh, Robert Beal, high four-star guy, he kind of steps into a bigger role. Uh, MJ Sherman, uh, borderline five-star in his class, also steps into a bigger role. That's why you recruit big-time athletes. Uh, Kip, before we go into a break, real quick, this is our picks podcast. It's our picks mm-hmm. episode of this live YouTube uh, show. Uh one thing we always do at the front of those, kind of a key matchup, something you're watching on Saturday with Georgia and Missouri. Let's go. Oh, man. You know what? It's it's interesting. It's real tough to kind of break down what you're going to see from Missouri because they got a lot of guys missing as well. Uh, I think uh, for right now, I think it, it feels kind of a – Georgia doesn't really need a, a get-right game, you know, on in, in really any facet uh, of the offense, defense, special teams. But – you know, I do think that for Georgia offensively, this this is that game where if if you want to showcase what you can do in the ground game, uh, this is the game to do it. I mean, you can you we talked about on the other podcast about getting Zamir White more carries. You can get any tailback you want more carries in this in this situation. I think just kind of seeing what you can get from your other backs, uh, you know, in the, in this matchup, and, and see if you can, you know showcase some of their skills catching passes out of the backfield but at the same time you know see if uh inside run uh inside zone stretch runs you know try to try to get the whole running offensive playbook and see what you can find some success with early because the one thing i see out of this team is they can't stop anybody you know i uh you look at it looks like every program they've played this year has run for 200 yards uh, or more i mean vanderbilt Boston College, uh, Southeast Missouri State ran for over 200. They're the worst team in the country in run defense. Uh, North Texas actually did not run for 200 yards on them, but they ran for 188 yards. So it's not like it's anything that, you know, they were not uh, chalking that up as a victory in, in any shape or form. But when you're allowing 283 rushing yards a game, um, you're you're basically saying we yeah. cannot stop any running back that's in front of us, or even if the quarterback or fullback or tight end wants to run the ball, uh, we're we're struggling to stop anyone in that in, in that aspect. So I think for Georgia, I mean, this is an opportunity for them to kind of see what they can do and and, and stretch out that playbook a little bit. But that's kind of the aspect I want to see. I mean, you're, this is a banged up Missouri team. Uh, they have multiple guys in the secondary out as well. I know that uh, Ennis Rakestraw is out for the year. Sean Robinson, Ishmael Burdine's out. Uh, I think uh, Johnny Walker Jr., defensive lineman's out as well. So they're pretty banged up. The storyline is obviously some guys out for Georgia, but Missouri's out p- several players, and obviously they're, they're starting quarterbacks out. So that's probably the biggest storyline heading into this game, but I'm going to let you have that one. <laughs> I wasn't even going to talk about it because I really don't think it's about Missouri. I mean, I, I don't mean to sound like Kirby there. I think this is about Georgia. Kip, can they get off to fast starts again? 
where have the fast starts gone? They haven't scored a touchdown in the first quarter in their past three games. Now, they've played three pretty good teams, or at least three talented teams. Uh, you know, Florida was really talented. Kentucky and Auburn were playing really good football uh, going into that game. Um, they've they've managed, I want to say, six points in the first quarter in their last three games. That was something that this team, through the first five games, excelled at. They jumped on – well – for the four games in a row, they didn't do it in the in the Clemson game. So you're looking basically you're looking at six points in the first quarter in four games, and then in, in you know week one and then the last three, and then there was a four game stretch there where Georgia pounced on teams in the first quarter. Fast starts need to come back again, okay, for Georgia, and especially in this in this last four game stretch. I think is very important because if you're going to dominate these games like you want to, and give some starters some rest and get some backups in there. You need to have better first quarters. I think that's number one. Number two, if I'm looking at it from a defensive standpoint, Missouri, a lot of outside zone. They want to stretch you out uh, on that front. Can Georgia's linebackers and defensive linemen flip their hips and run, chase these plays down and play the run as well as they have in recent weeks? I think Georgia's due for a get-right game of the run game because you know Kentucky didn't have a whole lot of success. Florida did have some success. I think a lot of it was when the Gators were already – you know, kind of put away a little bit on the ground. Uh, but but Georgia needs to do a better job of stopping the run than it did against uh, Kentucky. I'm sorry, against uh, Florida. And I also think that, that you know, Missouri is going to challenge them a little bit more with a mobile quarterback as well. And then the third thing is balance, okay, balance offensively. Because I don't think – I think Georgia can get what it wants on the ground, but I also think Missouri is going to sell out to stop it. Will Todd Munkin commit – was remain committed, I should say, will he remain committed to taking what the defense gives? If the defense wants to, you know, favor that left hand, well, will 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 he make them play with their right and 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 cover? And I think that if if can if uh Missouri wants to load up and try and stop Georgia's run game and attack the line of scrimmage, they've got to be able to throw the ball over the top, and, and Stetson Bennett has shown he can do that against teams. And we do expect Stetson to start and really uncertain as to whether or not JT will play. He'll be available to play. I had a good week of practice from everything we've heard. But we will see whether or not uh, you know he, he'll get a chance to play in this one. Before we go to a break, Kip, we got to ask a question. We're not going to the parade, question mark. Uh, I, I am that. not. I believe Kip is. So uh, I'm. I, I'm going. I'm going to the concert celebration at Truist Park. So I'm not. I'm not going to miss out on the chance to see uh, Luda and, and Big Boy out there. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you know, when, when do you get the chance to really do something like this? So I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Atlanta traffic presents me on a Friday <laughs> uh, afternoon, heading towards Smyrna uh, from Atlanta. What's the worst that could happen? Right. I uh, I wanted to be there. Fish is a biting. The fish is a biting around here. There's a lot going on and uh, don't necessarily know that I need to be caught up in that fray in case something else uh, comes down the pipe uh, in the next 24 hours. All right, let's take a break. Do picks on the other side. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Kip, I'm always looking at that clock up there, and I'm always trying to balance out the show, try to take the try to take the break in the middle but this Mm -hmm. one's not going to be that way this second half is going to go like larry munson used to want second halves to go we're going to run clock run uh (laughs) but yeah this second half is going to be a little quicker than the first and kip pick player of the game georgia versus missouri 12 p.m eastern time on espn tell me how it's going to go i'd love to say that i think this one's going to be interesting but the matchups just do not favor Missouri. I, I mean, there's some intrigue because you got two quarterbacks you haven't seen a lot of. You know, obviously, we saw T- Tyler Macon for, uh, you know, uh, or not Tyler Macon. We saw Bra- uh, Brady Cook for a little bit last year. Tyler Macon kind of brings out a little bit of a run game in there as well. But, I mean, these guys have thrown, a, I think, a combined eight thro- passes this year. There's just not, not a lot they really go off of. I mean, they didn't really play a lot. For for Kirby, he can say that they have to prote- prepare for two quarterbacks, and they obviously bring a little bit different to the table, which is something that, again, Florida kind of helped them a little bit because the quarterbacks you know, were somewhat similar in, in what they were able to do offensively with them. But I just don't think it's going to matter. And I mean, looking at this offense – uh, you know, like I said, they have guys out on both sides of the ball. Um, their offense seems to be very, very top heavy. It's Tyler Biddy. I mean, he's he is the offense for Missouri, and, and I mean, he's he's been outstanding, very explosive. But I mean, it's that plays right into Georgia's strengths. I mean, they're able to key in on him. Uh, it's going to be a long day for Missouri offensively. And the last thing they want is for their defense to be on the field a lot. And I think that's that's kind of the aspect that that stands out. I mean, their receivers, I think they're 6'5", 6'2", their top two guys. Another thing that kind of plays into, you know, what Georgia does well because they have DBs with length. 
that you talk about them trying to get right as far as starting quick. The other way they can get right is time of possession. They've been kind of on the uh, on the wrong end of time of possession the last couple of games. And I think that this is one of those situations where, again, if they're going through, the, uh, if they're utilizing the ground game and at the same time getting off the field and uh, uh, avoiding uh, a lot of, th- you know, third and shorts, then the time of possession could really, really favor Georgia. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think, again, the the numbers really dictate that Missouri is really up against it here. Uh, it doesn't help that they're one of the worst teams in the country in terms of penalties as well. So that's not that's not an area that you really you know, want to go into Athens, whether it's noon, whether it's 3.30, and, or whether it's night, which there's only been one of those this season, only one night game in Athens. That's a whole other discussion. But even at noon, we've shown that – you know, Sanford stadiums can be pretty loud and raucous. So I think that's going to be an issue for uh, inexperienced quarterbacks. So I, I think there's going to be turnovers in this game. Uh, I think that, you know, basically you're going to be in running clock mode for Georgia, just running that clock out in the, in the second half. Uh, Georgia fans might want to see them air it out. They're not going to have to. Uh, I think they're going to be able to, to score at will uh, any way they want to offensively. I like Georgia to uh, to win this one 45 to six. I don't know if that's uh, going to cover. It's 39. I've actually seen the line move a, you know, a little bit to, uh, I think, 39 and a half in a lot of places, which is just an incredible, incredible number for an SEC game, regardless of who you're playing. It's really, really tough to to cover something like that. But I think that, you know, Georgia comes close with 45 to six and, you know, player of the game for this one's real tough because I think they're going to, you know, rotate a lot of guys in and get, a, you know, get a lot of the younger players in there. So a situation like that, I think that it could be a younger guy. Um, I'm going to go with, you know, a guy that's getting back to health and and maybe he, uh, you know, gets a lot more carries in the second half. I'll go with, you know, Kenny McIntosh. Uh, just because, again, like I said, we're trying to predict somebody that, it, you know, they're going to be playing a lot of backups, you would imagine, in the second half. And he's a guy that can kind of do a little bit of everything. So I, I like Kenny McIntosh. Maybe he has a 100-yard rushing and gives a Georgia a second 100-yard rusher of the year with a lot of carries in the third and fourth quarter. All right. We had a little chime in from the pooch there in the background. Yep. I heard that. Uh, listen, I'm going to say this. Uh, if you're a college fantasy league, okay, and uh, let's say – it's late in the season. You got some injuries at running back. You need a guy to pick up. Might want to take a flyer on Dejon Edwards. Might want to take a flyer on Dejon Edwards this week. I could I definitely. I don't. I don't necessarily. If I'll call a guy that that puts up a couple touchdowns and a hundred yards rushing when the game's out of hand in a player of the game category, but Dejon Edwards. 100 yards rushing, couple touchdowns, definitely not out of the realm of possibility. I want to say it was either the Missouri or South Carolina game last year when Dejan became a 100-yard rusher. So um, he had a big game against one of those teams. I think that would be a very solid pickup. Again, if you're in a college football fantasy league, uh, I will. if you want to DM me um, on Twitter or here or whatever, send me a Venmo. I'll take half of the proceeds if you win your league, okay? Um, that's all I want. It's just half. So if if that ends up working out for you, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's tough for me to. It's tough to cover in a game like this because I do think Georgia. Let's say Georgia's leading by thirty-one toward the second half of the third quarter. 
the, the, I'm talking about Kirby Smart is going to grab a 11-inch blade Bowie knife and cut the football wide open and let all the air out of it immediately, okay? So that's just the way this is going to happen. This is a get-out-of-town type game. Uh, Georgia's battling some injuries to begin with. I know everybody wants to see run the offense, run the offense, score 60 points. I get it. I understand that. It's fun. It's it's cool to be able to you know talk about because people talk about those games. They just do. But if you're you're at this point in the season, you're the number one ranked team in the country, uh, shorten the game, get out of there, take your big win, and go. I do think Georgia gets off to a fast start. I do think Georgia kind of goes against the grain a little bit, and they attack and they attack uh, Missouri. I, man, I want to call these guys Kentucky so bad I can't stand it. Uh, they, they attack Missouri uh, where, they're, where they allow themselves to be weak, and I think that's because Missouri's going to stuff the box. They know that Georgia can hand the football off and, and – and shred them. So you've got to try and stop that. It's, it, there's there's more that can go wrong when you put the ball in the air than there is keeping it on the ground. Um, I'm taking Lab McConkie as my player of the game. I'm stealing one from Rusty there. I think he's going to have a couple, two or three really big plays in the first half. I think he gets behind that defense and made the cup, makes a couple of really good big ones. Uh, but again, pick Dejon Edwards up on your fantasy team if you need a running back. I think that's the guy that might. That's, that was basically a double pick. What's that? You picked one for Rusty too. That was a double pick there. No, no, I was just saying I was going with Rusty's pick. Rusty's Rusty's in vogue pick for the Lab McConkey. He uh, Rusty is the conductor of the Lab McConkey train. So uh, well, you know, since he's not here, I'll drive that train. Lab McConkey player of the game, and uh, I do think Georgia is going to score right at fifty points. I think they're going to score. I've been dancing between forty nine and fifty two. Is it going to be seven touchdowns? Is it going to be seven touchdowns? And a field goal, I'm going to go just seven touchdowns. I think they miss a field goal. I kind of hope that doesn't happen because everybody's going to freak out about Jack Pudlesny, which I think Jack Pudlesny is going to hit kicks when they matter, when they really matter, but we'll see how that goes. But I'm going to say 49 points for Georgia, and I'm going to say seven for Missouri. So I got Georgia covering in this one. It's tough to do it, but I think that's going to be it. And I think Georgia's going to have the opportunity to score more if they really wanted to, and I don't think they will. But Lab McConkey, player of the game, Georgia 49-7. to Take it to the bank. But that's all we got for this Georgia, this episode of the Junkyard Talk. I don't crack. I often look at Kip. I often try to say stuff to see if I can get him to crack, and he did that time. So... All right, that's it for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. He's Kip Adams from the same place. Take it easy. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.